Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. All right, Emily, I'm so excited to chat with you because I'm in a car outside of Chuck E. Cheese right now, and I can't think of anything more real than that. Yeah, I think that's hilarious. And <laughs> I actually spent the day watching uh, my friend's kids too, which was fabulous, but I'm totally spent. And I, I told you, I literally would just go hide for a minute and like snag chocolate and just be like, oh my God, nobody run out into the street, please. I don't know how you manage five kids. I don't think I'd last a minute. I'm not that hardcore. No, it was actually fine. But there were moments where I was like, I, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's maybe a perfect transition into our next guest because she's doing something really interesting with her life that I think people will identify with. Um, and I'd love for you to introduce our next guest and we can tell people what to expect. Sure. Um, actually, I'm really honored to introduce our next guest, who is Stephanie. She's a dietitian, um, and she also happens to follow a very strict diet, which I think people will find interesting. Um, she believes that every body is different, though, so she follows this strict diet. But as a dietitian, she really consults with her clients on a level of let's listen to what your body is saying. And it's not so much that she's preaching this diet. She just found what works for her which I think is a fabulous way to approach health. And also you get to hear a lot about how she's feeding her only daughter and that she's recently moved and all the chaos that comes with life and career juggle. And I love it. She's real. She's simple about everything. And she doesn't love, you know, everything that comes with food prepping, even though she's a dietitian. So that's a great you know, call out. I think that's something you loved too, right, Amy? Yeah, yeah. I think what's so cool about Stephanie is she's like the next step in our getting really real about food. I just feel like coming from a food background myself, people have this misconception that if you have made your living in food, that you love everything about it. And Stephanie's just such an awesome example of how someone who doesn't necessarily love like the meal prep side of things is making it work. And I know that there are going to be some moms and dads who are just super inspired by this because the truth is that like this feeding a family thing is not always fun and not always sexy. And, but there are things that we can do to make it easier. And Stephanie has some really cool insights on that. The other thing I just personally love, and people have heard me talk a little bit about this in the past is that 
advocating for food choices for your family can sometimes be really challenging, especially with people in authority like your kids' doctors. And Stephanie dives a little bit into how she's handling that with a different sort of diet for her daughter. And I think it might just be revealing to other parents who are having some of those same challenging conversations as they make decisions about food for their family. I think you've called out something really important. And I don't think I had a chance to mention it in this, but you reminded me that she talks about a very delicate topic, which is, you know, advocating for yourself when it comes to doctors or who, other people that you might run into when you're feeding your family. And when you only have one child and they're very young, you haven't really formed your tribe of moms that are going to validate you. And so this is for all of you who have just started out and maybe questioning what you're doing or what someone's telling you to do. Go with your gut and listen to what Stephanie has to say. Um, her interview was charming and genuine and overall very enjoyable and smooth. So without further ado, I'd, let's dive right in with Stephanie. Um, yes, thanks for having me on here. Um, my name is Stephanie Darby. I am a registered and licensed dietitian in the state of Texas. Um, thankfully, here in California, we don't have to deal with the, the licensing as much. But um, I just moved to San Francisco from Austin. We've been here about six weeks um, living in a corporate apartment with a 13-month-old is really fun. Um, we don't have any of our stuff. You know, we're used to having at home, trying to run a business, all that. Um, wow. Made day-to-day -day life really interesting, but working through it. So it's, it's been interesting. Very cool. So what brought you to San Francisco? Um, my husband got a new job right when my daughter was born, oh. and we didn't feel like moving then. So he's been commuting um, every week for the past year. And we decided that that was just too much for our family. We wanted to all be in one place every day. So we um, caved in and came out here and it's been interesting for sure so far, trying to wow. figure out housing and where we're going to live and how we're going to you know, just handle getting settled again. So I'm really excited to actually find out how this impacts feeding your family and the schedule and the juggling and the the family time together, just all of that between the fact that he commuted and the fact that now you're, you're living in a, a corporate apartment oh, yeah. and you're in a whole new world of <laughs> not, like shopping and prepping is just probably totally okay. wildly different. Yep. I mean, we're in a furnished apartment, but it's bare minimum. So I had to go out and buy like a couple sheet pans and a spatula. And there's only certain things you can make with certain appliances. I packed my mini food processor in the suitcase because I knew I needed it to make my daughter food. Um, if I didn't have a blender, I was at least kind of a mini food processor that I didn't have to buy a new one. I'm not going to buy a new one if I'm going to get my stuff soon. So um, that just thinking through all that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like reverse engineering how you're going to redo yep. your daily, you know, yeah. life. That's, that'll be fun. I can't wait to dive into that. Can you tell me a little bit of maybe, you know, rewind, give us your backstory about what led you to becoming a dietitian and, um, Anything you want to talk about that might be, you know, contributing to the way that you feed and uh, nourish your family? Sure. So I originally went to school for business, um, have a marketing degree, did event management for about eight years and started, you know, went through a phase where I started getting healthier, was running a little bit, trying to exercise, cut out the white flour, white sugar out of my diet, got healthier in that regard with just myself and my husband. Um realized I don't want to be doing event management for the rest of my life. And so all kind of along this food journey thought, what can I do with this? This is fun for me to do. How do I make this a job so that my job is something I love 
and enjoy waking up to every single day and I don't dread. Um, and after a lot of research decided to go the diet, um, dietitian route because there's a lot of doors open to have those credentials. Didn't know what I was going to really do with it. Um, pursued that while I was working, did it online at night and on the weekends around my travel schedule for work. Um, and then as soon as I finished the coursework, did uh, an internship and then took an exam to become a dietitian, I decided that I wanted to start my own business and kind of blend the marketing business side of my background with my love of food and feeding people. Um, spent a summer trying to figure out how to name that, how to get that started, and then found out I was pregnant. So I've started my business and grown my business as I've grown and been raising my daughter at the same time, which is not really the ideal way to do it, but we've been doing it nice and slow and steady and not kind of doing too many things all at once with that. And I really love the flexibility of being able to do this through a move. Um, there's been definitely been a transition with that, but I can still keep my job and my business regardless of where we end up where my husband sends me and just the experience I have with the knowledge from what I do has really helped me in figuring out how to feed my daughter when my you know, pediatrician is telling me one thing, do I really want to do that? What does that really look like? And kind of figuring that out for myself um, was not something I really thought too much about until she was born. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of now since kind of steered the direction of my business a little bit as well. So that's fabulous. Sometimes I think that it's almost like the best time when you have a child to start a real challenge because you're really throwing yourself into the, you're really throwing yourself into the water because becoming a mom does turn you upside down. And it's like, well, we might as well do it all at once and like really figure out when the rubber hits the road, who are you and how strong are you? For sure. Yeah. It's definitely been an interesting journey and not one that I, it's not turning out the way I expected, but it's been awesome. And I would not trade any of it for anything. Sure. I understand that. You're really rolling with it there. Um, you and I have something in common. I'm also a marketing degree, went and did events for five years, moved on, loved diet and nutrition and all that jazz and just felt like, how am I ever going to bring this into my life? And, and this was my outlet. Um, but I just want to say congratulations on really saying this isn't fulfilling me and I'm going to totally pivot my life because if anything now as a mom, don't you feel like if I'm going to leave my child to do something, it better be something that I have passion for rather than just leave them and do something that maybe isn't fulfilling something um, inside your heart. So I think that was just so brave and so cool that you did that. Um, it's, it's real fun uh, being a 30-year-old intern. I have to say that. <laughs> uh, people are expecting you to be 10 years younger. Um, but you do... I I love it so much. And I love that I can show my daughter that you can work and go after your dreams and be a mom and stay home all at the same time. So it yeah, is I, yeah. And, and that's, and that's the other side of it. Right. So can you tell me a little bit, maybe you could describe your family's eating style. Um, it might, maybe it's on the go right now, but, <laughs> um, I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. So when I was going through my whole getting healthier, figuring out what I wanted to do, the whole health and wellness journey, um, about eight years or so ago, um, I decided to adopt a vegetarian lifestyle and then eventually cut out the dairy and the eggs and mostly follow a plant-based. Um, I don't like using the word vegan um, because I, I feel like plant-based is a little more flexible, leaves a little more room for you're going to go out and eat. What are your options? What's mm -hmm. left? 
you know, making do with what you have has to be flexible a little bit. And it's more about a health and wellness, how I feel journey than it is about any other sort of activism. And for me personally, um, my husband grew up on a cattle farm. Um, he is meat and potatoes all the way. And so trying to blend that with just the two of us was interesting. And now I have a one-year-old who I'm predominantly um, feeding in a plant-based manner. And when she is old enough to make her own choices and verbalize what she wants, she can choose on her own to eat whatever she chooses. But as long as I'm feeding her, it's going to be plant-based. My husband is okay with this. And so that's what we do in terms of diet and blending two things together. Um, For the most part, I make vegetarian meals and add a meat protein on it for my husband. Um, We make quick meals. I do a lot of meal delivery services. I don't like thinking about the time involved in grocery shopping and meal planning. And I used to sit extensively and write it all out. I blogged about it. It was fun for me. I tracked everything. It was great. And then having a baby, that all goes out the window. Um, We do baby-led weaning. So she eats what we eat. I don't make different things. I just cut out the sodium. We don't eat as much salt as we used to. Um, But it hasn't really changed too much once I figured out that it didn't have to change. I think I thought about it too hard in the beginning when we started feeding her, Um, but it's really not too difficult. And here in this kind of transition stage, it's, they're very simple meals. We are eating a lot of repetitive meals and very simple food. Mm -hmm. So are you eating a ton of sweet potatoes? (laughs) (laughs) We roast a couple a day at least. (laughs) I understand that. I feel like we just cycle through these three different, things every week because it's easy. It's simple. You know how to make it. You know how to make it taste good. And you're like, well, tonight is Brussels and sweet potatoes and whatever. Again, we had it three nights ago and we're having it again. (laughs) I know. And I feel, I feel bad a lot of times because I'm still, I want to make sure that my daughter is learning and trying new foods and new flavors at the same time. So I don't want to make too many of the same things, especially now that she's a year, I've noticed if I give her a new food, um, when, you know, between the ages, when she, we started feeding her at seven months, she would try anything. She'd eat anything. Right. There was a thing she'd refuse. And I noticed now that she, we've hit the one year mark. She's a little pickier with new flavor. She's not quite sure about it as much. And so thankfully I was able to give her a lot of new foods and flavors and spices and things like that in that um, window. But I don't want her to get so used to we're eating the same thing, that then she gets stuck on it and mm-hmm. doesn't want something later on. And part of that is me being overly um, analytical about it. And I need to just let that go. And she's fed and she's happy and she's growing and she's healthy. Yeah. Um, but I, I worry about that a little bit too. So that's just sure. a struggle to balance that a little bit. Yeah, no, I understand. We all worry about different things when it comes to feeding our kids. And I, I do appreciate wanting to give your kids a variety so that they can be exposed to things. And so that when you maybe take them somewhere else and then they don't turn their nose up to trying something new, but I also appreciate just keeping it simple and staying sane, you know, (laughs) um, I I would be curious, you had mentioned, um, you know, what kind of challenges have you had with trying to keep her diet plant-based, um, when it comes to like working with your pediatrician or, um, where have you kind of compromised yourself or not compromised yourself, you know, your decisions about feeding her? I honestly didn't really think too much about feeding her until the pediatrician at four months said, start giving her baby cereal. And I was like, what? Um, I just didn't think about solid food at that point and that early and looking into, am I really going to, you know, puree food for her and give her baby cereal? Like I didn't, I had thought about it. I didn't know if that was the route I wanted to go. Um, And I thought four months was just honestly really early. She didn't 
really sit up and hold her head up until a little after six months, um, which is one of the signs that babies are ready for solid food, whether it's pureed food or going more of a baby led weaning approach, which is what we ended up doing. So I kind of just ignored my pediatrician. We were traveling um, the summer that she was four or five months old. Um, We actually were out here in California trying to figure out if we were going to move here or not. And so we were living in an Airbnb with not a lot of resources. And I was like, I'm not dealing with feeding her right now. There's just, it's just not the -hmm. way my life is set up. She doesn't seem ready. I'm not ready. We're not going to deal with this just yet. So I kind of just told my pediatrician, yeah, okay, cool. And moved on and um, went back to the next appointment. And by that point we had been feeding her solid food Mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh, so are you giving her, you know, rice cereal? I was like, no, I'm giving her this. And they were like, Oh, and they were very surprised. Um, but she was eating food. And so they didn't really ask too many questions or worry about it because she was the right weight. And so we didn't really discuss it too much. Um, because I didn't want to really push what I was doing on them and have them push back at me and tell me something different. And, um, I had asked when I was interviewing pediatricians, if they were okay with me not giving her dairy milk and they kind of just it was kind of one of those things that you knew we would talk about again when it came up and was relevant, but they weren't really going to care about it then. And I didn't otherwise liked the doctor. So I, I stuck with them. But, um, now that we're here in California, we'll probably find someone that I know is aligned more with our values on that. Um, but I didn't have very much pushback. Thankfully, I just kind of answered the questions basically enough that we were both happy and Caroline is happy and healthy and there's nothing wrong with her. And I, am trained to make sure, you know, she gets the right nutrition. It's actually made us eat better mm. because I'm balancing our meals a little bit more than I would have otherwise. I make sure we have color on the plate. It's not all the same colors. We're balancing our protein, our starch, our vegetables, our, you know, different things like that. Balancing the the nutrient intakes of, you know, the iron and the vitamin C. And I'm really overanalyzing. So I want to make sure she gets enough right. and then we're eating the same thing. So it all works out for all of us at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you almost feel a little bit like you know too much about oh, the yeah. food? So you feel oh, yeah. I had to, I had to let it go a little bit. Like, okay, we're giving her lentils today and I'm going to mix it with oranges. I don't have any oranges. So that's, she's not getting the vitamin C and I don't have another vitamin C food. Like just <laughs> she's eating a variety of colors and flavors. She's still nursing. So right. at the end of the day, she's getting nutrition from me. So it doesn't, I was, I just had to let my mom was like, just let this go. Like you need to chill a little bit. Like this is really impressive. Um, and did say that in a bad way, but more of, she was just like impressed. I was really thinking about it so much. So I have since relaxed a lot, which has helped all of our lives be easier, but I have not, um, to go back to your earlier question, I have not really compromised anything. I'm like, this is the way I'm going to do it. And no one's really pushed back too much. Um, our family is kind of like, huh, but they've been that way about me the whole time I've been eating this way. So it's not really anything new or surprising to me. And, um, they let us, you know, when we are visiting, they don't give, try to give Caroline foods that we're not okay with and it's all good. So, well, that's like huge to have that, you know, maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they don't do it themselves, but just to have the support of your family can make a world of a difference when it comes to feeding your family and raising your children. And I like that you did, you know, listen to your mom and that she was like, you know what, you can relax. Cause I do think that we can be as people who growing up now, we're so hyper vigilant about all of the aspects of their life. Feeding is one part, right? And sometimes I always say like, I'm stressing so much that that like stress toxin is worse than the food that they're going to eat right now. So I need to like reroute my, (laughs) you know, my energy. So 
I think you finding that balance and she's still nursing is always sort of your backup. Like, all right, well, it wasn't the greatest eating day, but it's over and done. And well, and we don't always have the best eating day and it all balances out at the end of the day. And so I think just being a first time mom, regardless of my profession, we freak out and overanalyze and do all the research and the Google searches. And at the end of the day, need to just know we're all doing the best we can. Our child is healthy and growing. Yep. Yeah. She might eat sweet potatoes every single day because they're easy and portable and we're getting on a plane for four hours and that'll keep you occupied. Fine. Yeah. Um, we just go with it and it's, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I have so many like questions for you, but I would love to ask, this is sort of a selfish question, but maybe the listeners will appreciate it. Those of you who might be challenged with you know, a husband or a wife who wants to eat meat versus one who doesn't, um, or just wants a new recipe. Would you share with us a couple of just maybe two meals that even if you think they're boring that you guys generally can agree on is like, everyone's going to eat it and we're going to enjoy it right now. Yeah. So coming from Texas, we are not Texas born and raised, but we've lived in Texas for a while. We do a lot of Mexican night and that looks like, and we do this for company too. It's, it's pretty much self-serve, um, create your own fajita night. So we will saute peppers and onions, um, do them with all this, you know, Mexican spices, just leave off the salt. Everyone can eat those. I let my husband cook whatever meat protein he wants. We do usually black beans. I might rough mash them a little bit and make kind of a refried bean, but, um, sometimes you just leave them plain. Mm-hmm. Caroline can eat that. And then we just fill up our tortillas. I make a quick guacamole. If, the husband, you know, my husband or any company wants cheese. I get some shredded cheese on the side. Um, but it's pretty much, you can do whatever combination of that you want. It's really easy. You can pre-marinate the veggies and the meat. If you want to, you don't have to, um, just do a quick saute and that's, there you go for that. And then we do a lot of stir fry, which is pretty much the same thing. Get whatever veggies you have left in the fridge, quick saute them. You might need to cook them extra to make them soft enough for a baby. Um, you can do, you know, tofu, plant protein, beans, or meat and a sauce. And you can make a sauce, buy a sauce. Um, just check out the sodium and sugar content on it. And right now in this season, I buy the sauce. I don't make it. Um, but those are our quick go-to every night. Um, every week we do that. And we usually also do spaghetti because you can't go wrong with a jar of spaghetti and a box of sauce, (laughs) box of spaghetti and a jar of sauce, whatever, whatever packaging it comes in. (laughs) Um, where are you guys from originally? I grew up in Ohio. My husband's from Missouri. So we have moved, this is our 10th move and 11 years of marriage. Wow. Yeah. So we're used to the transition, but we're not used to doing it with a baby. Baby. So it's, it's made it a lot, a lot more challenging just adding one extra person to the family. It, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. So you must really have a lot of like food hacks or do you have any like chain of restaurants that, you know, is everywhere that you're willing to eat at or how do you even, do you eat out much at all? Cause you're traveling or. Um, not so much anymore. Like I used to travel for work. And so I knew a lot of places in a lot of cities that were healthy options. There's not usually like, if you're going on a road trip, as long as there's a subway somewhere, I could always get, I mean, it wasn't a really the best meal, but you know, yeah. you could eat something. Whereas McDonald's usually not yeah. so much. Um, but most of the places we've lived, we haven't really eaten at like chain restaurants in a long time. Cause we're yeah. usually like in a city downtown where it's hard to, hard to do that. But generally any sort of um, ethnic food, 
restaurant, you can get plant-based options. I tell people as long as it's not a steakhouse, which even then you can get sides or like a barbecue joint, which there's a lot of in Austin, mm. um, you can eat anything plant-based. So Mexican, you can easily do for the most part, Chinese, Indian, Thai, you get a lot of veggie options at any of those kind of fast casual places. They might have a lot of sodium in them. Um, but in terms of something that a vegetarian can eat and a meat eater can eat at. You have a lot of options regardless of where you are. Sure. That's cool. Um, well, since you've moved so much, how, how did your budget like change or I, and feel free to tell me as little or as much as you want, but now I'm really curious because things are more expensive. I mean, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. hello. I mean, yeah. Oh Yeah. Tell me a little about your experience with your budget and your food budget in all those I, places. So my husband will laugh at you because I don't pay attention to a food budget. He gives me a food budget and then I just buy the food I want. And since <laughs> having my daughter, I don't even go to the grocery store. I order everything delivered. Like it's, it's Instacart all the way. Okay. Um, now that I live across the street from a Safeway, I can't justify having it delivered. <laughs> I actually walk over there and pick it up with her because I can get a couple things here and there and do it with her attached to my body and, and get that real quick and go. Um, but honestly the cheapest grocery store here in San Francisco is whole foods. So I do get a lot of that still delivered. And then the, the Safeway option is usually two to $3 more, which is crazy, which is crazy to me. I'm not going to pay $6 for a box of cereal at Safeway. If I can get it for $4 at whole foods, which you think whole foods, whole like it's going to take all your money. But, um, here in California, at least in San Francisco, it's, it's a little backwards. So, um, I would have never known that here in the Boston. I actually pay attention to it because I've, I've never really been one to pay too much attention to what things cost at the end of the day. I'm like, this is just what I need. And this is what it is. And I just get it out. Yeah. And my husband's like, our grocery budget was this much over. And I'm like, Oh, sorry, I'll do better. And I just want to feed my family what I know and like, and I don't buy everything organic. I buy conventional food. Um, I sort of half pay attention to that when I'm feeling like it, I don't worry about it too much. At the end of the day, if you just wash things before you cook yep. them, you're fine. Um, and that's a whole nother story for another day, but yeah, that's not right. focus too much on. Um, but yeah, the, the prices here are definitely a little backwards. So, wow. Yeah. Here, Whole Foods is super expensive, but in our case, like we just, we buy it cause it's our, it's like our number one priority. You know what I mean? So I understand where you're coming from. Um, do you have maybe like two of your favorite packaged foods that do like in a pinch, either for your daughter or for you guys that are specific, like that might, you know, someone might take away from this conversation is, Ooh, I haven't tried that or whatever. Um, just trying to think I'm on a very big bagel kick. So literally <laughs> breakfasts are like cinnamon raisin bagels and a jar of Jif peanut butter. Um, not like super packaged, but there's nothing wrong with, I think bagels get a bad rap, but we all eat bagels and peanut butter and that's your carbs, proteins, and fats all together. So from a nutrition perspective, healthy option, um, for that. And then, um, I do a lot of Amy's frozen dinners when I have nothing in the freezer and especially the early days when my husband was traveling and I was stuck at home with a baby who would not go to bed and I had to eat something real fast and I didn't have any, I tried to stack the freezer with single serve meals that I had already pre-prepped and divided up so that I could just take something healthy out of the freezer and eat it when I was alone. And I didn't have a friend to bring me something and I didn't want takeout. But honestly, a lot of times Amy's frozen dinners 
got me through a lot of things. So. That's a cool tip. Yeah. I, those early days are not easy. And if your husband was commuting, I mean, commuting from Texas to California, I mean, come on. Um, I'm imagining my 6 to 11 p.m. nights with a newborn the first time around and oh, yeah. just forget it. Yeah. Know? I remember being in tears one night at about 10, 30, 11, not knowing what to do because she would not go to sleep. And I hadn't eaten yet because I was going to mm-hmm. eat when she went to bed. Um, and she was strapped to my body in the baby wrap while I ate because I just had to eat something before I could deal with it again. <laughs> it's just let her be. I'm like, fine, we're just going to be up. I, I got to eat so that I can function enough to deal with you the rest of, of the evening. So, yeah. And that's t- such a testament to what you said earlier, where you really enjoyed like the prep and the cook and the fun and almost the hobby of feeding you and your husband. And then you had a child and it just throws a total wrench in the whole thing, doesn't it? I don't, I don't do it anymore. I used to create new recipes. I'd get a CSA box. I'd create yeah. whatever I could out of those ingredients, made it fun. And now it's like, we're eating the same thing over and over again. And then we get meal delivery um, and I make whatever they send me. And that's really what we do. And so I only really try to creatively plan one or two meals a week now. That's not either one of the ones I just mentioned, the stir fry spaghetti Mexican or, you know, standard, whatever. I try to make one extra thing that's new and novel that has new foods for her that we can make a big batch of and freeze for later. Um, I'm not right now because I don't have a way to really batch and freeze things in this apartment. Um, but thinking through, like I can handle one new meal a week um, and then everything else is our standard go-to. And there's nothing really wrong with every Monday night, we're going to do this. And every Friday night, we're going to have pizza. Like that's not that if that makes life easier. And as a working mom that works for myself, planning my own schedule, I need time to figure all that out. I don't have childcare right now. So how am I going to get all of that, the food prep done, the work done and play with my daughter, especially now that she's walking everywhere and I can't turn my back for two seconds and try to prep something without her yeah. into something. So, and I'll tell you as a mom who has a five and three-year-old predictability and routine is, is so comforting for them. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. And I think having a one night a week is an amazing goal for you. And it keeps you kind of dabbling in your profession. It's like, Oh, let's come up with something new. Yep. Um, now this isn't so much related to feeding your family, but I would be curious when it comes to, you know, working with clientele, um, how, you know, how they may react to the way that you eat if maybe they aren't, do you approach it like you were saying, um, based on how their body feels or do you sort of say, let's try plant-based and work our way, you know, tell me about your approach a little bit. I'm, I'm just really curious. Sure. So most of my clients actually come to me because I follow a plant-based diet and they either want to know more about it or they're trying to figure it out and they're not sure they're going to have nutrition. But a lot of clients I see also aren't following a plant-based diet. And I'm perfectly fine working with people that follow whatever they want to follow. Every body is different. Everybody, every body reacts differently to things. Um, and you may prefer and like and enjoy something that I don't care for. And that's fine. I don't like the taste of meat. It's not something I'm doing because I'm trying to lose weight or be healthier. I just, I don't want to eat it. And that's my choice. And your choice is to just like my husband's choice. I'm not going to force him to do anything different. Um, and so my goal is to just look at each individual person that comes to me and what their hangups are and what is it that they would like to work on and why do they want to work on that and kind of get to the root of whatever that issue is and talk to them about adding more whole foods into their diet, regardless of what that food is. So I'm a big advocate for an intuitive eating approach. 
um, and eating what you want. Everything's allowed in moderation. Um, and a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I can eat whatever I want when I just want to eat donuts all the time. And well, yeah, you might for the first couple of days. And then your body is honestly going to, I promise you, we'll get sick of it. You're going to want to crave a variety of different things. You will naturally um, move into wanting to figure out a more balanced diet. And it may be harder for other, some people than other people, but all foods are okay. I choose one way because I, I, that just works for me. Some people don't have a choice. They have food allergies. So I do work with a lot of clients that either have celiac disease or their child is a dairy intolerant. So the whole family is dairy free because it's easier and how to navigate those. Those are a little more challenging. Um, but I'm open to working with everyone and whatever their choices are, because at the end of the day, I do believe that everybody is different and all foods are allowed in moderation. Just like I'm letting my daughter make that choice when she's old enough. I just don't, well, I have the control over it. That's what I'm choosing to how I'm choosing to feed her. So, cause that's how I eat. So yeah why would I do something different for her than what I do for me? So Yeah. And there's something to be said for, you know, it's likely that her body reacts positively to the foods that your body reacts positively to. Mm-hmm. So I understand that as well. Um, what would you say is maybe like your superpower as like a mom right now dealing with all of this um, and feeding your family? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm actually really surprised that my daughter eats, anything I put in front of her, she hasn't seen, we haven't had a bad experience with food. So I'm kind of like, yes, I don't know how I did this, but she eats everything. We haven't found a food we don't, we don't like. Um, so that kind of makes me a little jazzed up. I want to say call it a superpower that she eats, whatever, but I, it makes me feel good about how I'm preparing and offering her foods that she's willing to shovel in whatever. I mean, when she first started eating food, she literally ate everything I could not make enough food for her and it just boggled my brain because she's very small I'm like how are you putting all this food in your body and still nursing on top of that so where's it going (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was she literally would bookend her meals with nursing sessions and then she would eat in between I'm like I don't know I don't know where it all goes but um whatever I have yeah I have one of those eaters who just eats anything everything all day and you're like why are you in the zero percentile? <laughs> it makes me nervous. Like days like today and yesterday, yesterday she didn't hardly eat dinner, refused milk for the first time before bed and went to sleep and slept fine. And I was like, but you didn't, are you not hungry? It was just so mind boggling because I'm so used to her being hungry all the time, but they know their bodies now they haven't learned yet how to overeat. They just yeah. know what their bodies need and they stop when they're yeah. full. And so letting them, do that and not forcing anything on them. If she didn't want to really eat and pick at her dinner, fine, fine. Um, I'm not going to offer something different. She eats what we eat. This is what we're offered. I don't, you know, short order cook. She doesn't want it. Fine. She doesn't have to eat it, but that's what we're offering. And doing that from the beginning is kind of, you know, setting her up for just always knowing that that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And you're smart because the younger you can start that, the better. I mean, I know that from my own experience, I know that from working with other moms, just talking to them about, you know, if their kids are teenagers and they're like, I've started eating healthy, it's, it's so hard to change habits. And yes, they oh, yeah. will change if you really want. Many will. I shouldn't say all. Um, so, you know, but starting them young, it really shapes their palate. Right? I mean, I have plenty of clients that as adults now, they want to change their diet for their, because they want to be a good example for their kids, but they grew up not having to eat any vegetables. And so they don't eat any vegetables. Um, 
And so it really does, whatever you learn early on really does set you up mm-hmm. for the rest of your life either way. And you can relearn that, but it, the older you get, the harder it gets to yeah. change those habits and Absolutely. those taste differences. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's totally the case. Um, I would be curious, um, you had mentioned a little bit about um, where you grew up and how you both kind of grew up. I think you were Midwest and you were in yep. the Midwest, right? Yep. Yep. So how has the way that you were raised maybe affect the way that your relationship is with food or not affect it or, or anything? I'd be curious whether it affects you now in any way. I don't think so. I feel like I had a fairly neutral approach to food growing up. My, you know, parents made, you know, your standard American food. It was a combination of from scratch cooking and convenience, frozen, you know, prepared Stouffer's meals. Um, so learning that, I mean, it doesn't have to be from scratch every day, but it's not necessarily eating out fast food all the time. Um, my mom didn't like keeping soda in the house, so it's a little hard for me to drink soda because I'm not used to really drinking it. Um, we didn't eat a lot of fast food, so it's not really my favorite thing. It's kind of gross and greasy to me. Um, but then opposite extremes, I wasn't allowed to eat candy and popcorn. And then I went through a binge in college where I just ate candy and popcorn because you're deprived of something at, you know, for a certain amount of time, then you think you want it and you eat a lot of it. But then eventually that should get out of your system if you're, you know, kind of in tune with what your body wants and needs. But um, I feel like it was really neutral. My, my husband's um, approach to food's a little different because he grew up with pretty much meat and potatoes, lots of meat and potatoes. Um, and his favorite food is fried potatoes and ketchup. And so trying to balance out, he now eats more vegetables, but they have to be cooked, which is fine with me. If he doesn't want to eat salad, I'm okay with that. I can cook the vegetables. There's some modifications I'm willing to make to make sure that he eats a balanced way. Um, but his background was a little bit, I feel like more challenging than mine in terms of him trying to now think through meal time and, um, choices and things like that. Yeah. I, I actually spoke with some gals, um, the other day who grew up in the South and I just was like, I wonder what it's like. Well, there's sort of that alienation factor we talked a little bit about, but more or less just, you know, you want to work with somebody's relationship with food and like, it sounds like you're honoring your husband's past, but also trying to just bring in a healthier balance instead of just being like, Nope, we're not eating like that at all. And trying to force something on someone, um, kind of give and take is, is so important, especially with, you know, spouses or kids or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do most of the prep cooking prep and, and all that jazz or does your husband? Yep. Okay. Nope. I do all of it. I pretty much own everything in the kitchen. And I know there's a lot of division of responsibility there where it's like, you know, one person cooks, the other cleans. I do it all. Um, we came to an agreement early on that I would own all the kitchen and there's other chores and things that I do not do that he does around the house. So there's balance within our households, but I own the whole kitchen essentially. Yeah. I, and I can appreciate both of you kind of working to your strengths and your interests and being like, there's something to be said for people not lingering in the kitchen too. And being like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You know? Yeah. It's hard for me to have help in the kitchen. Um, and I've learned, where I like help and where help can be used because people always offer if there's like guests at the house or my mom is visiting and I'm like, Oh, um, so my mom and my brother and my dad are really good at cleaning up. So they'll clean up while I'm cooking 
And as long as I don't get annoyed that they're in the kitchen with me, because I'm so used to being in there by myself, all of a sudden I'm done cooking dinner and I'm like, oh, everyone's cleaned up. We can all sit down. This is yeah. amazing. Because <laughs> um, I'm so used to doing it all myself. But I also have a system. It doesn't take me very long. Um, being in this small little apartment to have embraced the dishwasher, it gets run every day. I just throw everything in there. It's not my stuff. I don't care as much as something happens to it. So it all goes in there. Yeah. Um, just hand washing things and just move on. So. Yeah. Very cool. What uh, I'd be curious what you might consider your own kryptonite, like something that you just, I don't know, week for. <laughs> um, I have to say that as a new mom, I have a nightly wine and chocolate ritual. So um, we would get along. <laughs> some days I realize I'm doing it out of habit and not because I actually want it. So kind of going back to my whole belief in, you know, listening to your body and eating intuitively there are some days I don't want it and I'm just, I'm still eating and drinking it. Cause it's, I just, that's just my did do. I put her to bed. I finish up some work. I get out a glass of wine and a little cup of chocolate. Um, I don't go crazy, but I'm like, I don't, some days it takes me all night to drink it because I don't actually want it, but I poured it. So i <laughs> um, trying to stop and think about that. Sometimes do I actually want this tonight or not? Cause it's become such a habit for me as a way to um, part of my evening ritual wind down, get, you know, ready for the next yeah. day. So, yeah, no, I, I understand that fully. I, sometimes I'll be staring at, you know, I usually like hard cider or wine and mm-hmm. I'll be like, why did I open this? <laughs> Cause now I'm tired. Don't waste it. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, do I drink it or am I going to waste it by just pouring it down the drain? <laughs> and it's okay um, to do that. It's okay yeah. to not finish it. Um, and I've had to come to terms with that too. Um, but it's, you don't have to finish it just cause you've opened it. Right. The so, same with some, some put it in food. front of you on your plate. You don't have to clean your plate either. Right. Um, at mealtimes. So, so that's something that you don't enforce either with, with either oh, your no. right now at this point. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on that too. We've been trying all kinds of things with maybe not clean plate, but you know, we've been talking with Amy, my co-host, we were talking about putting the dessert with the meal. <laughs> we were just trying to all different things because eventually your kids are so dessert driven that you're like, maybe we just put it with it. It just becomes all together at once. And you don't like highly value the dessert because mm-hmm. it's like the end of the road. Yeah. And if they want to eat it first, fine. <laughs> right. But, but then maybe they'll eat the rest of their food. I mean, I give Caroline, I've stopped giving her fruit every meal. I was always making sure there was a fruit and a vegetable and then some sort of main dish that was a more of a starch protein yeah. combo. Um, and I've stopped necessarily doing that at every meal unless I have something I that goes with that meal because she it doesn't matter where I put it on the plate. It doesn't matter if it's a new fruit that she's never had before. She eats the sweet first. Right. Um, but then she eats the rest of her food. So I'm not going to offer it to her at the end of the meal as dessert. If she's mm-hmm. eat everything else, because then that's offering her a reward incentive to eat her cleaner plate when she's even too young to even understand it still. But this is, here's all the foods that are offered at this meal put in front of you, you can choose which ones you want. Um, and I'm not going to give her more. I'm not going to let her just eat fruit. This is the amount set before you that you can have at this point with her, with her age, um, to a certain point with kids with the vision of responsibility that they're, they're the ones in charge of whether they eat and how much they eat. Um, but she can't really choose her foods on her plate yet. So this is what I give her and she wants to eat it all first and then she eats everything else. Fine. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of, yeah. I had to stop and think, how do I want to do this? And so I just don't offer it to her as often. Um, so I know, you know, 
fruit servings a day for kids are still, you know, three to four servings and she maybe gets two. Um, but she's fine. Yeah. 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 I appreciate how um, intentional you are about your parenting because you're so aware of food in the way that it, the relationship works with a person and the habits you're forming for her as a human being. And I also appreciate um, your approach of intuition with the body um, as a professional. And I would love it if you would maybe tell us a little bit more about your services and um, what kinds of people you work with um, before we wrap up today, if you don't mind. Sure thing. So I primarily work with um, plant-based nutrition with moms and families. So whether that's the mom is following a plant-based diet on her own and trying to navigate what she's doing and then her kids doing something separate, Mm -hmm. or if that's just a mom trying to get her head around how she feels about food and her body so she doesn't then, you know, put these ideas onto her children unknowingly that she's had that turn into bad habits for them. Um, there's a lot of food allergies mixed in there. Um, I have a lot of women that come to me that are pregnant or trying to get pregnant and want to make sure they're following enough, the right nutrition on a plant-based diet and making sure they're eating, um, enough to grow and feed and nurture another human being. So primarily have kind of, I was broad in the beginning. And since people come to me for my person, like, Mm. This is how I follow, um, my, how I believe and feed myself and my family that it's attracting more of that same, um, client base to me. Um, and there's not a lot out there, especially if you think about plant-based baby led weaning approaches, there's not a lot of, um, evidence-based credible mm-hmm. information out there from dietitians um, on how that works. So I'm kind of narrowing into focusing on that a little bit more and what I offer. Um, right now I do one-on-one coaching. It's all virtual. So it's an online secure HIPAA compliant telehealth portal that I can talk one-on-one with clients. I like really engaging one-on-one with people and seeing their faces and their body language and how they answer certain questions. Cause it really gives me a better idea of um, who they are and what they're about versus just having a phone call. But I see clients all over the U S which kind of helps with mm. The moving in the transition, once I figure out the time changes, it doesn't really matter where someone is. Um, I just focus, you have to be in the U.S. Um, for me to work with you. Um, but yeah, that's kind of right now what I'm offering is just the, the virtual nutrition coaching that is not necessarily me dictating what you should and shouldn't eat and giving you a meal plan. It's more delving into the why behind what you are saying you want and your background. And let's look at what we can look and work on holistically for you and for your family to make things simple and easy while still being healthier. It's, it's got to work with your lifestyle um, and be approachable or you're not going to follow it. Sure. So it's very personalized, but it sounds like you're sort of organically having this niche come up. You're like carving out this niche and it's probably going to keep demanding itself and mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. It keeps evolving and I'm really enjoying it um, as I'm kind of navigating where I'm going with my family and then people coming up behind kind of where I've been and being able to share that information, both professionally and personally. Um, you know, you can read all the things about how to do something, but then how does that actually impact you as a mom and mm-hmm. being pregnant and all these things that come up that people don't really tell you, I will flat out tell someone if I have 
um, you know, mom in the first trimester going through certain things, I'll flat out say, this is why, this is what's happening. It's okay to do this. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, I think helps, especially first time moms. I really wish I had someone telling me some of those things. Yeah. And I can appreciate that approach because yes, you can Google what should so and such and such person in such such situation be doing. But even the other day I was telling my husband, I'm like, at the end of the day, I know how I could work out like from an exercise perspective. Right. But after having three babies, I feel like I'm just destroying my, my abs, like, and they're already destroyed. And so in my head, I'm like, I just want someone who's had a bunch of kids to tell me, sit down with me and be like, this is what your body should be doing based on what I know about your body rather than some internet search on YouTube, you know? For sure. And, and again, every body is different and reacts differently to food and to exercise. And so some people may work well with following a, you know, pre-done workout yeah. or nutrition plan off the internet, but other people really need someone to come alongside them and look at them what they want their goals to be and what their lifestyle is like and personalize something directly to them that will help them get to the goals that they want. Um, And the goal you think you want may not be the goal you actually need. And you don't realize you can walk it through. And I'm not a therapist. There's a fine line between therapy and nutrition counseling. And so that's why I do more of coaching than counseling. I used to call it counseling, but it's a lot more coaching to just differentiate that. But there is a, um, aspect of delving deeper into what it actually is that you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may say one thing, but what you actually really need, what you actually really mean is something different. And so I like to try to delve into that a little bit before we get started. Cause I can help you on the surface and then you're still unhappy. And I don't want you leaving from working right. with me and still yeah. not be happy with where things are. So right. let's figure out what's actually going on and try to work through that. And I don't, see long-term clients. I really want to work you through a process over a few months and then release you yeah. on your own to do it on your own because you're living your own life. I'm not there every single day to tell you what to eat and how to do it. You need to be able to do that on your own and have the freedom. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to check in with someone about it. So, um, you want to give them wings so they can fly. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of how I, how I awesome. operate. Awesome. So where can I find you? Do you have a website? I do. My business is Celebration Nutrition. So you can find me at celebrationnutrition.com. And I'm also on Instagram at Celebration Nutrition. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story and your profession. And I know that you are, you know, waiting on a sleeping baby right now, just like all of us moms are kind of, you know, hopefully listening to the podcast in between, you know, craziness at home and and moms and dads, hopefully. Anyway, I want to say thank you for your time. And, um, I wish you luck in transitioning as your toddler gets older and hopefully she continues to be a great eater. And thank you. I hope so. This has been fun. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You take care. You too. Thank you for listening.